the service payout. Who you be? You know, you ever ask somebody, who you? Where you come from? So that's what we're going to get into it tonight. But first, I just want to say, you know, when... We get that feeling, and we know it's the spirit, you know, t t trying to give us a message. So oftentimes, we can ignore it. But, uh, you know, I've gotten to the point where I've told you guys, I'm, I don't have time to keep arguing with him. Like, look, uh-uh. So now, when I get that nagging feeling or, or that nudge, uh, I listen. So last night, my daughter and I, after um, got off of Scope, we headed out to grab something for dinner so we're heading back home and we're you know at the light waiting to you know go straight across the intersection so then the uh, our light turns green right so when the light turns green the you know something inside of me was like be silly hey sandra glad to see you you know it's like be silly slow you know just slow it down take your time i listen it was not even a second thought hey scott so um and instead of hitting the gas, I look over at my daughter and I say, and I'm like, Broom, like I'm getting ready to gun it, right? But when I actually hit the gas, we take off at like two miles an hour. You know, it's late. Uh, nobody was behind us, you know, to get upset. So as I'm, you know, acting like I'm really getting ready to speed off, you know, and heading forward, the that light that was red, whoever the lady was in that truck was not paying attention. Had I not listened to that that spirit, that gut instinct, I don't know if I would be standing here before you guys um, right now. Because at the speed that she was going, I mean, there's no way, you know, the vehicle would have torn up. That would have been some damage to something. So, you know, I wanted to make sure and drop that in tonight and say, when you get that feeling from the spirit, when something is tugging on you and you're like, mmm, mmm listen to it because it was just a split second when my light turned green and the, and that spirit that feeling inside was like be silly take it slow and instead of you know heading out full speed i took my time right karen and so i just you know i just had to say thank you god thank you lord thank you for giving me the discernment when you when i get that feeling you know when i hear that voice in my head that i listen and i obey and that's one of the things that we talked about last night trust and obeying but I just had to share that with you guys and just being able to still stand here you know vehicles in one piece you know my daughter and I are in one piece and just say thank you God once again for your grace and deliverance so let's get into it right the service pay out who you who you be so we're, we're, I'm going to do this kind of backwards you guys know I put a tornado spin on everything so we're going to look at first Samuel 17 and uh, we're going to start with 50, right? 1750. And, and if you're looking for 1 Samuel, that's between Ruth and 2 Samuel, Old Testament. Um, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath and killed him, cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. So for those of you, and it looks like, let me clear up over here. For those of you, you know, that may not be familiar, you know, with the story, most of you I know, Karen, you know, knows it. You know, that was, you know, at the point when David took out Goliath. So we're going to work backwards from this. And the thing when I was going through, um, you know, when the Spirit put on me, you know, talk about service today. You're going to talk about service. And as I'm going through, you know, I'm researching, I said, man, you know, how am I going to tie this in? Because I always tie it in from a faith-based perspective. So, you know, 1 Samuel 7. 
1750, uh, 50 and 51 actually, is talking about, you know, right at the point when David took Goliath out. So the thing that we have to look at what, you know, oftentimes get gets missed and we're going to go backwards. David was actually in service. He was in servitude. And, and remember last night we talked about kingdom, you know, kingdom keys, um, you know, being in service, you know, different ways to um, be able to get, you know, his master key to work alongside our, I call it the humble key, alongside our little tiny key. We have to be in sync, right? So David was actually in service. You know, Jesse had told him, hey, I need you to go and check on your brothers. You know, I need you to take some stuff to them. And oftentimes, you know, especially throughout my healing, even now if I have something on my mind, it takes my mind off of things that I need to deal with or emotions that I may be dealing with for the day to go out and be in servitude to say, man, how can I help somebody else? What can I do today? You know, and, and if I can't come up with anything on my own, I always say, God, tell me who it is that you want me to help. Thank you, Mama Moses. You know, that's the only way I know how to do it is keep it real. And people relate to that because people are going through things out here and they don't need anybody coming in with fluff and tough and, you know, giving them 50 million things and, you know, putting in stuff that they haven't even been through. So that's the thing that I really take pride in. I speak from things that I've been through, you know, my my own experiences. I'm, I can tell my own best story, right? And hopefully it will help um, somebody else out there that have been through the same things that I've been through. If you're new with me, you know that's rape, molestation, um, from age starting at age six and a half all the way up through till 16, 16 and a half, and at 17 um, being raped. You know, so when I stand before you and speak about faith-based healing, I'm not just pulling it, um, you know, out of a book. I'm not just talking to you as somebody, well, this is what I think you should do. I'm telling you things that helped me through the process. Hey, Rick, glad to see you. So let's rewind this, you know, backwards here. And as my sister Mel Lisa, um, yes, very serious, Mama Moses. Um, it's all in the the book. Um, you know, as my sister Melissa says, you know, I call her Mel, a little something to ponder. You know, have at any point today, have you sat wondering, man, and just imagining all the blessings that God can pour out over your life, how quickly, if he turned his master key, how quickly your life could turn around at any point throughout the day, you know, did you have those thoughts? You know, I did, you know, and just saying, man, Man, you know, and just thinking of all the things. But then at the same time, I had to say, man, let me make sure and take that same, oh, thank you, thank you, Miriam. Um, yeah, and everything's on the new, uh, well, the book so far is on the new website, TorahNatoTeaches.com. If you check the uh, link that's in my bio, it has my link tree. Everything is there. The jewelry will be back up, the bracelets and everything by this weekend. So as my sister Mel says, a little something to ponder. That same amount of time that we take, oh, it's okay, Mel, Mel. Uh, the same amount of time that we take to dream about the blessings and imagine, you know, how quickly God can turn our life around. We need to put that same amount of time in thinking, man, welcome, Lady Natasha. Um, who can I help today? Who can I be a blessing to? And you guys know I start, um, a couple of weeks ago, I started saying, each one bless one, right? Who can I be a blessing to? And if you can't come up with anything off the top of your head saying, man, 
God, put it on my spirit. Guide me where you want me to go throughout this day, throughout this 24-hour period that I have. How can I use it wisely and represent the body of Christ, represent your name, and be able to get uh, access to those kingdom keys, right? So let's take this thing backwards. We're going to go back to um, 1 Samuel 17 and 17. And we're, we're going to kind of start from the beginning of the story. Because you remember at the end when David... Um, took Goliath out. Initially, Jesse had sent him, starting with 17. If you're still looking for 1 Samuel, it's between Ruth and 2 Samuel, Old Testament. So, then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an um, ephah of grain, of, of this dried grain, and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp. And carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare. And bring back news of them. Um, and so basically that um, that ephah that I stumbled over, that, that equates to about a bushel. It's about a bushel, you know, that he told him to take out. So Jesse is sending him in servitude. There was no intention of saying, I need you to go out there and see what's going on in the battlefield, and if they need help, I need you to help out. So when, you know, when Jesse's sending them out, he's heading right on out to serve them, to take them food, and to come back and tell Jesse this is what's going on. So then if we look at 19, now Saul and, the, um, now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. So he gets up and he's like, all right, daddy told me to roll out. I'm about to roll out. So he heads on out. And he came up to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For, the Isra for Israel and the Philistines had drawn up the battle array army against army. David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brother. So, you know, just picture that he's like, hey, y'all, what's going on? Daddy wanted me to come out, bring y'all this food, check on y'all, and come back and tell him, you know, how y'all are doing. Still, no idea what is waiting for him over on the other side. He's still in servitude saying, y'all doing all right? You know, how's everything going out here, right? So then, 23, then as he talked with them, there was a champion. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So everybody that was around was like, oh, no, mm -mm, we ain't going to mess with this dude. We out of here. Y'all on your own. They took off. You know, you can just see them scattering or, you know, how you're getting ready to go into battle and you got a whole army of people behind you. Just done, they've talked you up and said, you got this girl. I got your back. If anything go down, I got your back. But then when it's time for, to really go down and things jump off, you look around, you're like, where everybody at? That girl, I can't catch a case today. I got to go. This is on you. And, and your friends ride out on you, right? So, 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king, will in will enrich with great riches. We will give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. You know, so they're listing out, you know, it, whoever takes this dude out, whoever takes out Goliath, this is what you're going to get. Now, mind, you know, the rest of them, they have ran on off. David is again there in servitude, doing what his, you know, father told him to do. So we're going to jump down here. Uh, where are we going to jump to? 
So we're going to jump to 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You know, telling him, this dude been fighting ever since he was little. You think you're going to take your sheep watching self out there and do something against Goliath. And you know how the young people do it nowadays. They're like, uh, you really, wait, you telling me that your sheep fight self, that your daddy sent here to bring us food and to check on us. You think you going to go out there and do something against Goliath, you know, Goliath. And, you know, and David's like, yep, that's the plan. Let's roll with it. So then if we look. So, uh, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. So he's saying, right, David wasn't. David's like, man, I've taken out lions and bears, you know. Come check out our crib. You know, we got lion and bear rugs laid out there. You know, our crib is stacked out, and I've killed all of them. You know, that's probably what David was like. You know, you ain't telling me nothing but a thing. You know, just because the rest of y'all ain't doing it, but someone has to take out the life. Right. You know, David's like, I got this. I got this, man. I've taken out bears, lions. So this... This man standing up here looking, you know, all rough and tough. Don't worry about it. I got it. So 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the, from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. You know how when you're heading out to do something and your parents be like, well, God bless you then. You're going to do what you want to do. So go on out there. Godspeed. God bless you. God bless you. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. A coat of mail is basically metal rings that's on a plate which are used as armor that's what that is so david fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them and david said to saul man i can't walk with this stuff on take take this stuff back david's like oh i don't need none of this i don't want none of this stuff take take this on back i got this i'm gonna keep on my little sheep clothes that i got on right now watch me work then he took his staff in his hand, he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch. He wasn't like, give me this fancy backpack, give me all of this other stuff, you know, I need me a little leather pouch. He was like, no, I'm putting these little rocks in my shepherd's bag, and I'm quite sure everybody was standing around looking like, is he picking up these little rocks against that? Do you not see that big old nasty looking Philistine standing and he picking up rocks in the shelf. Okay. All right, then. We're going to see what he's going to do with this, right? So, so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, <laughs> he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So, you know, throughout, you know, every time they mentioned David, so David must have been pretty handsome. Even though they had him out there in the field, you know, he was that, you know, child the, just out there, you know. So I'm not, they never really say, you know, what the brothers look like or anything. But any mention of David, they always speak about how handsome, how good looking um, he was. So he probably was like, I'm going to take these rocks. I got this. My face is not going to be messed up when I get done. I got this, you know. 
So, um, the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, right? So then we're going to jump down. David says in 45, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So he's basically saying, I'm going to take you out, then I'm going to let these little buzzards and everything around here eat you. Mind you, keeping in mind, he went there as errand boy for Jesse to take food to his brothers, um, and, you know, and everybody else that was out there fighting. There was no intention of him to end up at this point, right? So then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So, and then remember we started this out with 50. So we know, you know, he drew back, he pulled that sling, and he took that giant out. The same way we have giants in our life. But I have to tie in and say, one of the best ways, best ways to overcome those giants is through servitude. In servitude. When we get something on our spirit and God says, help that person. Help that person. You never know. You may end up on the other side of that door that you've been waiting on to unlock from being in servitude. The same way when David headed out, he was in servitude to his brothers. You know, like I said, he was just a young boy. They didn't expect him to come in and fight. He was just supposed to come, check out the scene, be like, I'm going back and tell daddy this was going on. Y'all look all right to me. I'm heading out. But that is not how it went down. You know, but a lot of us, we want to be in the front. We want to be in the limelight. Say, I want to be up front. I want to be seen. Four of the stones were meant for Goliath's four brothers. All right, see, I love having Karen off in here. Karen knows that Karen puts it up there. So, um... A lot of us, we want to be seen. We don't want to, you know, be in the backgrounds. Or, you know, thinking about this, um... If we go back and look at 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 12, prior to that, when, you know, David was anointed, but he was sent back to the field ahead of time. You know, they paraded all the brothers before, you know, and they're like, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. So after all seven had passed through, you know, they're like, well, Jesse, do you got another boy somewhere? And he's like, yeah, old sheep boy out there in the field. You know, how often do we, you, do you see people, you know, with kids, and they was like, this is the prize child here. This is the one that's going to be the doctor. This is the one that's going to take this family out of poverty. This is the one that's going to leave a legacy behind for this family. But most oftentimes, it's the little discounted runt, the one that everybody throws to the side, the one that says, you ain't going to be nothing. You're too small. You're cross-eyed. Your feet tangled up. You can't walk. You're not going to be able to do nothing. But people forget. People forget that through God's grace, things like that are able to turn around. Who is it? I know either Mel knows, Lady Natasha, someone. Who was it that um, had the tangled up feet? 
uh, and they called and said, no, call him. I want him to come and sit at the sit at my table. I want to take care. What's the guy? Um, somebody put it up there. I know somebody in here knows. You know, God has a way of turning those things around. And as I said last night, again, with things like that, with all the surgeries and all the miracles they can work, there have been people that have had acid thrown on them, burned in fires, and you look, and all you see is, a little, you know, they've had reconstruction, you know, so the things that, you know, we worry about holding us back, a lot of the times that get put to the side is the little runt, the child that get ex gets ignored, the child that's left out there to tend the sheep, and then they said, and when David came in, they said, no, this is the one right here, this is the one, and if we go back and look at it specifically, he said, and Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there yet remains the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him in, for he will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. Again, they say how good looking he was. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. So that child that, you know, was discounted, or you may be that adult now that is that child you were discounted. You were overlooked. Nobody believed in you. You, you still may be harboring some of that and say, I'm, you know, it, that tape's playing in your head to where you don't feel worthy. I say, go out and be in servitude because if there was a calling for you, it's still waiting on you. It's still waiting on you. It's just waiting on you to step off into it, right? Um, so, so then, you know, and I thought about as I was putting this together, I gotten some kittens back in Florida. Little did he know he would be made king. Right, exactly, Karen. And when I went in and I picked the first one, I'm like, oh, this one's cute. That's the name I was looking for. I can't even say that. But that's the one that had the messed up feet. And they were like, no, I want him to come in. And he was like, me? You want me? I'm messed up. I can't. What do you want? You know, check. That's an amazing. That's an amazing passage to read, um, in the Bible. And I don't want to mess up that name. So, uh, but yeah, if you go back, pull that. Check that. It, it's amazing. So, you know, I pick out the first little kitten, and then as I'm heading out, uh, I look and I was like, "What's that?" And the owner said, "Oh, that's just a little runt." And I look under the bed. I said, a little runt, you know, he looking so sad and everything. Right, a nurse dropped him as an infant, exactly. Um, so I said, you know what, give me that one too. I tell you, that little runt turned out to be bigger than the other one that I initially picked out. He was a big, fluffy cat. I named him Stewie. He was the sweetest cat, too. But the little runt that was discounting, you know, and the owner was like, you sure you want him? That's all he does is just lay there. He a little runt. Well, he didn't turn out to be a little runt. My Stewie was something else, I tell you. So don't discount, you know, your blessings if you know you have a calling and a purpose. Keep serving so that when God is ready to take that master key and hand it down, and then he whispers and says, now turn your key and unlock your blessings because you've been in servitude the same way, you know, because prior to that, again, David, um, was, uh, you know, he was already anointed, but you know, he still had no idea up until that point. Or I asked myself, what if when Jesse told him, you know what, I need you to go check on your brothers, take this food to him. What if David had said, I ain't taking them nothing. You know how they treat me? 
You got me out here watching these sheep all day? You take it. Like a lot of kids we hear today, I ain't taking her nothing over there. You take it over there yourself. You, you know, Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So what if David had had that same attitude, that same chip on his shoulder, you know? Or what if he'd do right? He'd have been like, let them starve. I don't care. They can eat when they come home. But he didn't. He said, okay. And he got up right. He never complained. He got up the next morning, said, okay, daddy said, do this, this, and this, grab this stuff. And he headed out in servitude, right? Or what if he got caught up by the synagogue of Satan, the discouragers instead of the encouragers, the, the haters, our spectators that like to sit back and be like, hmm. Let me see how this is going to work out for her. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to see. You know, or, you, or, or when you get ready to head out to serve, you have that person that said, uh, I wouldn't help her. Why are you helping her? She ain't never helped you doing it. She mean to you. She nasty. Why are you going to help her? You know, the, the synagogue of Satan over there just whispering in your ear the whole time. Or it's pouring down raining or it's cold outside. And you pass that person that you've had squabble with and dislike. And, and you look and you say, if I had the only car here on earth, I would not stop and give her a ride. You know, and that's the person in the passenger seat because you slowing down. They say, what you slowing down for? I would not help them. Mm -mm. Keep on going. The synagogue of Satan in your ear, blocking your blessings. Or, you, or uh, Mel was saying on, on, on her scope on Saturday, you know, about the young man that, you know, uh, they were like, that that's the neighborhood thug. Don't give him your money. That's not going to come back. You know, but Mama Joseph said, no, he going to bring my money back. And what did the young man do? Brought her stuff back from the store. The young man that people discounted. Right, Karen, that wouldn't be Christian at all. Um, you know, And brought the change back. And of course, you know, Mama Joseph, she said, young man, you keep the change. But those kids and people say, why are you helping that little boy? He ain't going to be worth nothing. You know, he just like his dad. Why are you trying to tutor him? Why are you wasting your time trying to teach them how to read? The, you know, the kids ain't going to be worth nothing. Don't let the synagogue of Satan get in your head and block your blessings because that is all it is. So if David had done that same thing, imagine how that would have turned out. I like to call them the peanut gallery. You have the peanut gallery going in the background, you know, or, um, you have the, you walk into a room of, you know, just say influential people. And instead of being humble and saying, man, let me listen. Let me try and learn. You say, I'm going to showboat. I'm going to make like I know everything and everybody in here. That does not impress people. The way to get in is to remain humble. Say, how can I serve you? Ask questions. And when they begin to impart the wisdom and give you keys and ideas, as they say, success leaves clues, as they start to give you the breadcrumbs, you listen and you pick them up and you eat them real, real slow. That's what you do. You don't sit and say, well, when they start telling you how to do it, well, I think you should do it this way. You know, have you ever been in that situation or seen that play out and, and you're explaining something to somebody and you're like, well, if you already know, why are you asking me then? You know, so you have to remain humble. You know, and, and again, taking it back and saying, remember, David was being an errand boy, so to say, for his brothers. 
being an errand boy the same way. And I love it, you know, like Karen, when people come in with stuff like that, because Harriet Tubman was in servitude. So thank you. If I remind you of Harriet Tubman, I say thank you, God. Thank you, troll, because Harriet Tubman, she stayed in servitude, went back and forth, back and forth, through marshes. Maybe she even saved some of your ancestors. Maybe she even brought some of your ancestors through. The person that gave birth before you to you to you to you down through your bloodline. So I say thank you for telling me that I look like Harriet Tubman. Remind you of Harriet Tubman because that was a mighty powerful woman. Now if you might have said anything else, that might have threw me off. But to say, hey Harriet Tubman, hey John, how you doing? What's your name? Put your name in there. I want to get to know you so I can thank you personally for that one because that was a mighty mighty powerful woman, Miss Harriet Tubman, I tell you. So when all alone, you know, and the brothers didn't have any idea. You know, when David's running to them, you know, as we get ready to, you know, close this out here. David's going to them. The brothers had no idea. And see, that's what I tell y'all when I'm teaching. This is how you flip that thing around. You have to be ready for, you know, small-minded things like that. For people that are reaching out. For people, you know, they don't know how to come into a room and observe. Or how to come into a room and say, how you doing? Welcome, everybody. I'm so-and-so. They come in and they try and disturb the situation, right? You see what I'm saying? But you got to be ready for those spectators, for those naysayers and say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Maybe I'm going to get me a shirt with Harriet Tubman on it even more. Oh, and thank you on the shirt. And actually right now, um, the link to um, all of the shirts is in the bio. It's bit.ly forward slash wear the word. For the next three days, everything um, is 30% off. Um on all of the apparel over there, but the link is in my bio. If you click on that, it'll pull it up and it'll take you over to where all of that stuff is at. So, I have to say, and end with the question, how can you serve? How can you serve and be in servitude? Who can you help? What can you do? Today for me, you know, and, and I do a lot of things and I, you know, I don't announce them. Today for me was pay it forward day. Um, and when I left, I said, Lord, show me the person that you want me to bless. Show me the person that you want me to pay it forward to. And as I'm getting ready to go through the, excuse me, through the drive-thru, um, you know, I see this person getting ready to get out of their vehicle, but then it, it looked like maybe they might have been in a little pain, not sure what was going on there, but they get back in the vehicle. And so I stop. As they're backing out, I see the handicap sticker. And I said, well, maybe that's the person I'm supposed to have. I said, if they end up behind me, that's the person I'm supposed to help. So that person did end up behind me. So I pay for my stuff and I asked the lady, uh, car behind me, uh, give me that total. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take care of that too. So I'm looking back, you know, as I'm getting my stuff and I'm looking back and just the look on that man's face. And when, the, when he handed the money and the cashier pushed it back and was pointing and said, no, that car got it. The look on that man's face that said, huh. Because maybe that was his last. You know, who knows what he was going through. I don't know. I don't care. All I cared about was being a blessing. Putting a smile on somebody's face. Serving. Each one blessed one. So I leave you with the question of how can you serve? How will you serve? All right? As I always end every broadcast until next time, which will be tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right. Pay it forward. Walk good. Do good. 
Be good. All right. Tornado, I'm out of here. That's right. Pay it forward. All right. I'm getting ready to head out. I got some people to take care of out here on this Underground Railroad, y'all. Got some business to do.